Bigger Talks, Bigger Talks, IG Live Edition. We have another episode, podcast episode, with the founders of Kalina Health, educational and personalized nutrition, dietitian, health eating company and brand. We have the founders, Tamar Samuels and Vanessa Rosoto. That's going to be joining us here soon. Hi. Good morning, good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm phenomenal. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Tomorrow. How was your day so far? It's good. How's yours? Good. Just getting ready for you girls. I mean, I've been doing some research and I have a lot of questions. Cool. We're happy nope. to answer them. <laughs> are you guys in the same city right now? And is she? She's in Brooklyn and I'm in Hoboken. Hoboken. That sounds like money over there. I think Jay-Z kind of said that in a song. I'm not mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we lived down the street from where Frank Sinatra was born, actually. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes yeah, sense. yeah. yeah. Okay. I want to add her to the I invited her, so hopefully she'll be on soon. Cool. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of questions, you know, because, you know, I've read you both are registered dietitians, right? Yes. And I think, um, I don't know when she's going to come in, but I'm curious to know what's the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist? I'm confused. <laughs> Let me clear it up. Uh, clear it up, please. Let me clear it up. Let me clear it up. Okay, so anyone can call themselves a nutritionist, which is a shame, uh, because dietitians are the only ones that are trained to reduce the burden of disease. Um, nursing students, PA students. We have to train in a hospital for twelve hundred hours. We have to take a nationwide mandated exam <laughs> and then we can practice so being a registered dietitian we can treat you like more holistically and scientifically and clinically and critically than just somebody who read a book um, so hold on but isn't it a certification to be a nutritionist and a dietitian don't you have to have a certification or go get education go to school is that Anyone can call themselves a nutritionist. So like today, Eric, you can wake up and be like, I'm a nutritionist and that's it. Because our license is not protected because our governing body doesn't protect our license. Got it. And, and that's, that's also, I read that you guys are 91% insured. What does that actually mean? We are, 90, 91% of our patients use their insurance benefits. So they exercise. Oh. Right. So we're okay. the only ones that can take insurance. A nutritionist cannot Should take insurance hey! and so and so a nutritionist is still in their like elite you know very if you can't afford me then you can't see me kind of existence uh, uh, where we are for the masses wow that, that i mean that sums up everything mm -hmm. i'm trying to invite tomorrow here. um yeah that just that just separate you guys from there she is hey, hey. hey. Dynamic Great. duo. We're Welcome. Here. Welcome. <laughs> Happy day. Uh, 
just told Eric how dietitians are the goats and and he, his mind was blown. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a little secret out there that anyone can call themselves a nutritionist. It's actually pretty scary because we have yeah. really comprehensive healthcare training in clinical settings um, and people are just not aware. Yeah, they're not aware in language, right? You know, triggers people differently. And so if you put a certain name in front of a name, you have a perception. So right. as a fitness trainer, as a person in the self-help industry and I study human psychology, you know, I have words. Words have meaning to all of us and we give it our own meaning. But no one really talks about dietitian versus a nutritionist. Nutritionist is what you hear a lot, at least here in LA. You know, we yeah. got Herbalife people. We have uh, <laughs> all types of like, no disrespect to their brand, but I'm just saying like health coaches, and uh, yeah. I'm just curious. So Kulina Health, where did the name come from? It's kind of spicy. I think like when I think of Kulina, I'm thinking that's like a hot, spicy, like mamacita, like, oh my God, <laughs> healthy, but she's hot. Like, hey, what's your name? Let's have a healthy dish. But I might kind of sway you in, but hey. <laughs> so where did the name come from? Well, Vanessa and I are obviously very spicy and hot and healthy, so. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> it fits the name. But uh, Kulina actually means kitchen in Latin. Um, and yeah. we, be we believe that good health really starts in the kitchen, you know? It's so foundational to pretty much all of our being. So that's where the name came from. Kitchen health. I love that. So where did you your journey start far as like eating healthy, eating clean, or just having an intention of like, I want to change my diet? Or was this something you both grew into or was born into? Um, I mean, I have to say that I'm really lucky. My mother was never someone that was overly concerned about her weight, right? My mother's from Haiti, third world country. She's in America. She's a nurse. She's married. She can provide for her family. And so if she's cooking food and you're eating it. Um, and so that's, that was good and bad. I didn't understand food. I just knew that my mom cooked food and I ate that and that was great. And then I went to college in the Bronx and I gained 50 pounds in a four year period. What happened though, is that after college, I moved back home because I couldn't afford to live on my own. And I started eating my mom's food again and I lost 50 pounds pretty quickly. And that got me very curious about how that happened, right? I was always like very inquisitive. And so I just went and saw a registered dietitian myself. Her name is Carrie Glassman. She's a good friend of mine to this day and people know her. She's wonderful. She just explained food to me in a very pragmatic way. There was like no good food, no bad food. This is how food affects your body. If your goal is weight loss, you would operate in this manner. If your goal is a better relationship with food, then maybe you have a little bit more leeway and all of these things can fit in between. And I just thought like it was amazing and it was also scientific and I could get my mind around that. And I thought maybe I could do that for other people. And that's how I ended up here. Oh, I like that. Shout out to mom. Yeah. Katie. Hope. Yay. What was yeah. she cooking? <laughs> yeah, good food. I mean, like right now, Eric, you can go to my mother's house. What time is it? Here in New York, it's one twenty-five. But for you, it's like 10. There yeah. is rice and beans on the stove. 
freshly made every morning. Really? She might make a lasagna for dinner, but there's always rice yeah. and beans just in case. Like, you know, you might not like the lasagna. Or maybe you want rice and beans and your lasagna. I don't know, but it's always there. Damn, mom. Can I get a <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Always. Oh, I love it. I know Vanessa's rice, Vanessa's mom's rice and beans are like literally the best. And I've had a lot of rice and beans in my life. They're so yeah. good. <laughs> Next time you're in Jersey, you'll have to yeah. try them out. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, my journey started just kind of with my own personal experience. I actually was um, born in the Lower East Side in, in New York, but was raised in Woodstock, New York. Some of you may know of it. <laughs> it's a small hippie town um, that had this big concert uh, where everybody raged and um, did a lot of unhealthy things. <laughs> um, but health is sort of like a big part of that community. It's, it's in the Hudson Valley in New York, and there's a lot of local farms there. And so I sort of grew up like eating really whole clean, so to speak, foods. Um, and so I was always like, really passionate about, you know, eating, eating this way. And it was sort of like my, I just thought everybody ate that way. <laughs> and then I moved to New York when I was a teenager. And I started working with kids in Harlem. And um, they didn't have access to these foods, like, at all. Uh, Harlem now is pretty gentrified, and there's a Whole Foods there. So back in the day, I won't age myself, when, when I was working there, um, it was kind of a food desert. And so I just became really passionate about like some supporting communities of color, um, su supporting just people who didn't have access to healthy foods. And I worked with a dietitian um, teaching kids healthy eating and was like, whoa, this is a career. I'm going to do this. <laughs> so I kind of just dove right in, got my master's. And actually, Vanessa and I met at Mount Sinai. She was my preceptor. So she helped train me as a dietitian um, seven years ago. And that's how we connected for the first time. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. Education, information. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm from um, Baltimore, Maryland. Grew up in the inner city. And ooh, where I'm from, food was just food, right? You saw it. You know, you go to this store, get this type of food, and you would eat. You didn't think of it, how it made you feel, how it made you think, if you were, you know, if you had any symptoms. Um, so what is food, right? Because I know we eat it. It's like for people who don't work out as much or who don't go to the gym, they go to the gym, they don't know exactly what they're doing or what to do. And I think as Americans, at least in my world, people have food because they know that they should eat it. But what are they eating, <laughs> right? Be yeah. Because food is like, what it like? Like, what is food? Like, I know it's like such a, uh, what is it, a self-explanatory, you know, question. But from your guys' perspective, because you are a dietitian, a dietitian, what is food and how do you see it? What is your perspective and meaning of it? I mean, I feel like it's so multifaceted, right? Like, food, first of all, is like cultural. It's how you connect with your friends. It's how you connect with your family, right? Like, there's that piece of food. Food is fuel, right? It's how you take care of your body, right? It's like a form of self-care. Maybe food is a way for people to show love because maybe I don't have a lot of monetary means, but I'm a really great cook. And so when you come to see me, I feed you. Like the thing about food is that everyone has to eat and everyone's relationship, everyone has a relationship with food, whether or not, and, and the relationship is complex. The degree of severity of complexity, that differs, but everyone's got one, right? And so if you walking around saying like, oh, I, I just eat, I just eat, I don't know, like, bullshit, right? <laughs> like, you, you feel some kind of way about the things that you're eating, for better or worse. 
Um, so for me, like I always, when a patient comes in, I always honor that, right? Like you have a relationship with food. So like, let's talk about that relationship first and then let's try to use the food to help meet whatever goal it is that you have. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's spot on because I don't, I'm aware that when I want love, I go to sugar, right? I want candy. I want cake. You know, I'm feeling a void, right? Or some people emotionally eat or when you're bored and you have food in the fridge, you just eat. And, but we're not intentional about it. We're not mindful. There's also a book called The Enzyme Factor, and he talks about um, chewing your food, right? As individuals, we don't normally chew our food. Therefore, we don't digest the food the way it needs to be digested in our system and get all the nourishment from it. So we're, we keep eating, and that's how we somewhat, you know, gain weight because that food is just going down the pipe, but it's not being broken down. He talked about um, food combining, like combining certain foods together to kind of affect how you feel and your body. So I also know there's something, I could be wrong, but correct me, eating for your body type and eating for your blood type. So when you take on clients or when you take on patients, like, is what's your analysis process? Do so you kind of take them through a whole like you do blood work? Do you do background? Where they from? DNA? Like how does that work to get into someone's world of what they should be eating to have a balanced, healthy life? Yeah, you know. Okay, let's just do a nutrition myth um, debunk right now. The blood type diet is not evidence based. There's no science to support it. Don't waste your time. <laughs> so there's that. Um, there's definitely something to be said about like mindful eating, Eric. Like you mentioned that earlier. You know, eating intentionally, chewing your food. Like my, I have an eight month old, and she so she just she's easing into like eating food for the first time. And damn, she eats so slow. <laughs> like. Are you almost done? Like, what is happening here? Like, it's, I'm, I'm at 30, 40 minutes and like, I'm done with my plate. Like, what's going on with you, right? And this is how we as humans are supposed to eat. We're supposed to eat really sort of tuned in um, and kind of paying attention to the way that our food, the way that our food tastes, how it feels in our mouth. Um, sharing food as part of a community and a family. And so um, the mindful eating aspect, I think is really important. As far as like, determining the right way to eat for each person. Um, don't pay attention to the blood type diet, but do pay attention to a lot of different things, starting with, as Vanessa was saying, your relationship with food, really unpacking that and what it looks like, any health conditions that you have, right? Um, Eric, you're super physically active, so maybe it's okay for you to have more carbohydrates, have a little bit more sugar here and there, right? Uh, really kind of lean on grains more. But if you're type 2 diabetic, um, maybe not the best option, right? And so what's right for you to fuel your workouts um, might not be right for somebody else who's managing a different clinical condition, who has a different biochemistry, right? So we really work with our clients to really dig into their medical history, any symptoms that they have. Some people, maybe they experience like a lot of lightheadedness and dizziness. Maybe they need more carbs, right? And so... Um, really working not just on the medical chart and knowing kind of what clinical conditions you have, but any symptoms that maybe if you would go to a doctor, they would be like, oh, sorry, there's no medication to help you with that, right? Like, we're going to say, actually, you know what, there's something here. Like, let's unpack this. Let me see what's going on in the diet. Um, we think about sleep. We think about family and how much time people have, right? Their resources. 
Um, so we really do a deep assessment on access, food preferences, um, social, emotional, relationship with food, clinical conditions. And then we can start piecing together a personalized plan um, that is really sustainable for people. And that's sort of how, like, that's the difference between working with a professional and not, and trying keto because, right. you know, this influencer on Instagram is doing it. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting because, you know, it was in my questions that I have for you. I was like, how does a person build rapport or a better relationship with food if their relationship with food is not as healthy? How do you, what space do you have to get a client or person in to like have a healthy relationship with food? Because some people, they feel like if they eat too much, they're going to be a certain weight or they feel like if they don't eat enough, then they're not getting the energy they need. But how, you know, if you're, you know, dealing with a client, what's the best way to build like a better relationship with food if you don't have one? And how does that work? If anything. I think it takes a lot of time, right? Like, I think people just think, but they're by the very nature of like coming to see us or reading a book and the like, then that's going to solve all the problems. And people don't want to admit that all of this is actually like pretty hard work. And I'm not one of those people, right? I'm one of those people that is like grinding every single day, always working, like no <laughs> rest for the weary. Like you cannot catch me ever. So no excuses, right? But you gotta, you have to think about like, what if you grew up food insecure and your mother had an eating disorder? That is going to skew the way you think about food. And if that's, and you spend how much time in your mother's house, like from infancy to most people 18 and maybe some people till they're 20 something. Okay, and now I'm gonna be out on my own and I'm gonna magically fix that in three sessions? Like, no. So for us, when someone comes to us, right, it's this education, but also like holding space for them, non-judgmental and like, you know, being really supportive and letting them know, like, it's okay that it's not perfect every day. You don't need to be perfect every day. You are enough. Like, we're going to work on this and it's going to be a journey and I'm committed to you. So you're going to be committed to me and we'll get there, but it's not going to happen overnight. And I think when you give people that permission, they, they have more wins. Yeah. The quick, fixes, the quick fixes are like so insidious in our industry. I mean, it's like a multi-billion dollar industry. Like, we've been selling quick fixes for nutrition for decades right and it's just not effective that's why we still have an obesity epidemic that's why you know that we're we're really struggling as a nation with our health and you know the reality is that it's not a quick fix it takes time yeah and it's it definitely that's life though that's a life lesson that's in relationships that's in your career that's in your profession whatever you do it takes time for things to develop and to evolve to have better rapport relationship if you want it to work. I just think people think about food in such a uh, pleasurable way, right? Like this is gonna make me feel good, so I'm gonna eat it. But as we get older, especially you know, for myself being a trainer, being fit, you know, your body changes, right? Like, and for me, I had earlier this year, I was having like digestive issues, like my stomach, I was like, I don't like this. Like, I'm bloated all the time. Like, hold on, E. Like, what's going on? Do I got IBS? Like, my mom's like, no, you don't. You don't have that. Stop saying that. You don't have that. I'm like, mom, but I feel like she's like, don't claim that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm just trying to claim something because I feel good, right? My mom was like, stop. <laughs> you don't have that. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> so anyway, I was like, you know what? Let me try something different. So 
in February, I went on like a fast. I said, you know what, I'm just going to eat fish. Because I remember when I was on a show a few years ago, I just had all fish that whole month I was gone and I was leaner. I felt better. And I lost some weight. Then I went vegan, right, for like 21 days. And I was like, it was cool, but I just felt very low on energy, you know? And then I started doing more research and I was like, I think it works, but it might not work for everybody. And I think they try to put food and everything that they put in front of us that one size fit all. It's not true. You know, I know people who eat meat and steak and they live a great life and they're healthy. And that's why information can be misinformation. And we're taking it in as a consumer, not knowing what we're taking in or what to believe. And when I think of you guys as brand Kaluna Health, I thought you guys was a food uh, 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 prep company, right? That provide meals. Which that company is this? Sakuki or S- oh, Sakara? Sakara. Right. That's the that's the energy. That's the perception. I thought like, oh, these ladies are great. It is professional. It looks well. I thought you guys took on clients. You had your own like uh, recipes, and you made the food, and you had a delivery service. And you guys are on a more so educational basis or you say science-based. What, for your company, and you guys was in essence, um, Women's Health and Refinery29, so is your demographic more women or who do you cater to the most? No, we cater to everyone, actually. Like, that was, like, part of our mission, right? The reason why we decided that we're going to take insurance is because we wanted everyone to be able to... be have health right like if you want health whatever that looks like to you you should be able to do that and so i think it's because we are women and we talk about nutrition in a very different way right like many like 10 years ago the new york times did an article on a dietitian we won't say who what her name is and about how she charged ten thousand dollars for a package and she was very like thin and very white and very rich and so if you're the regular person who doesn't look like that reading that article you're like well I, I'm never going to be able to be this because I'm not this and I don't have those means, right? Like, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I don't and relate. So, yeah. I don't relate. I don't relate. So exactly. now, and so now, and 81% of registered dietitians are white women. And so now you have two brown people, right? Talking to people of color and to everybody else, right? Like not just, not just people of color, anybody, just anybody who isn't that, like super thin and super rich and like just like regular human beings in a, in a way that people can understand. When I'm talking to you about food, Eric, like I've seen your eyes light up a few times in this conversation that have, are making you think in a different way. It's very simple, very easy. So you're like, wait, I'm into this energy. I wanna hear more from this person. Like this, this is really interesting to me. And so that's the message and that's the mission. And that's why people and, and women are the drivers of food, right? In the house, it's always like, who's doing this grocery shopping? The mom, the wife, the girlfriend, the woman, right? Because like, everything, everything, <laughs> doing right? Everything. So, the, yeah, the mom, the wife, the girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, and then, it's all us. It's us. And so, it's also when you just said your mother like said, "Don't claim it." I'm like, "Is your mother Haitian?" Because that is something a Haitian mother would tell you. Do not put that out there. Don't say those words. Yeah. My mom was like, <laughs> nope. don't say that. Stop saying that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, stop it. You're gonna bring that to yourself anyway. Yeah. But. So yeah, so I think like we've been in those magazines or those publications because for so long it's only been thin, rich white women. Why do they get to dictate the narrative around health and wellness? Why are they the only ones that get to tell us what health and wellness and beauty is? That's not even what the world looks like. That is not the makeup of the world. 
right? Right. So yeah. why are we so so when they see us, they're like, wait, we got to put these people in because this is this is who's buying the magazine. This is who's clicking on the on the site. <laughs> people got to see yeah. them. <laughs> and it, and it's and it's so important because you know I had a a friend that works at Telepicture. She's like up in like executive, and she was like, you know, black men don't work out. I'm like, huh? Like, what, what do you mean? Like, tell me, like, 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 talk. She, I was like, we work out. She's like, yeah, think about how many friends you have and that you grew up with that even play sports. Do they work out? I was like, damn, they don't. Yeah. But then I start thinking, like, when I started training out here in like 2012, I would go back home to Baltimore. You know, we got McDonald's, we got Wendy's, we got the corner store, we got the liquor stores, we got the penny candy store. Right? And I'm like, and I'm seeing people I went to school with when they when we were in high school and they get older. And I'm like, oh, people's bodies, it's changing, right? And I'm like, hold up. But then I think about the environment we live in, right? Or, we, or I was living in, I was around, like, oh, this is programming. We're conditioned, right? There's no Whole Foods. You know, not that Whole Foods is the best grocery store. There's no right. Whole Foods. There's no uh, Panera Bread, right? <laughs> There's no uh, Tender Greens or uh sweet greens in those areas so what are we eating fried food fast food unhealthy food but it's good so why shouldn't i eat it and so i go i have a bigger question why do you think that the thin white woman was the person who controlled the narrative for the people to eat and be and look like but then you you have this black and brown community you know i can't speak on others but where i come from we're heavily invested into unhealthy eating, junk food, fast food, fried food, greasy food, but it's good, but we're not really thinking about our health. And then as we get older, our body, uh, how we think, and we get different symptoms from different diseases, and no one talks about it, and it's just forever gone. And I'm like, hold on, we have to change the narrative. We have to shift the paradigm. How do we speak about food in a healthy way to make us feel better, look better, think better, and, 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 and see life from a different perspective because this is not good, right? But we don't know better. So how can, I can't hold my people accountable when they don't have the information. Why yeah, is it so programmed like that? Yeah, yeah. It's, part of the, it's part of the system, right? When we say like African-Americans have a propensity towards type two diabetes, that makes it sound as though yeah. because you are African-American, you are predisposed to having type two diabetes. When it's really like the lack of access the lack of education, yeah. right? This is, these are the reasons for that. There's also this like ideological racism that like white seems to always be right, right? That's like programmed mm -hmm. inside of us, right? I mean, people, people don't want to recognize or they want to say these things that are true that like, I mean, in 1969, we were sterilizing black women in the South so that we wouldn't have any more black babies. 1969 is 51 years ago, 52 years ago, right? So those things are real, right? And so when, when you see like the rich white thin woman who seems to have it all being vegan, then that must be the right thing for me because I, I don't have any value. I've never been, I have never been taught to have value. What I think about health is not good. Like, but fam, what's the difference between a collard green and kale? No difference. It's the same thing. Right. There we go. Right. Right. Yeah. Same. Language. Yeah. yeah. It's the language. It's the language. It's exactly. language. And so, and it's very interesting actually like growing up Caribbean because I, I always thought that like, I was taught like American food, right? It's not white food or black food. It's American food, McDonald's and like 
that is not food that you would eat because it's not healthy. But rice and beans and plantains and fruits and spinach, that's healthy food and that is healthy food, right? And, and so as long as we're not eating processed food outside of the house, find any Haitian, they'll be like, I don't know, outside my mother's house. So like, we eat inside. And so, and so, so I, didn't, I didn't understand that, that people, when they were talking about like, you know, it's black food and like I fell into that category and I'm like you have obviously not eaten at my mother's house and I was always this big my whole life and so I think it's really this whole it's about a system and it's about not seeing people that look like you it's about the representation the more that they see people like you Eric in the gym working out then the black kid right will say oh no I can work out that's not a white thing to do because Eric is this trainer that I follow and he's amazing or like oh, I care about eating. No, I don't want to, it's not because I think I'm white. I, black people care about their health. Look at these two brown women running a nutrition company. Like dieticians exist, hey. right? Like, hey, Kalina like, Hell, yeah. <laughs> so like, it's our mission. Like, it's our duty to be in everyone's face so that they could be, they could see us and then it could then relation. So representation also matters. Yeah. And it's, man, you, you hit it on the nose because, you know, I always say people go off what they see and not what they know, right? So, you know, for the bachelor world, you know, if there's a black guy that's the lead, right? Doesn't matter his background, right? But that he's, he's black, right? I have nephews, right? If they see more black men like that, right? In that space in suits, maybe they think like, you know, I don't always have to pick up a basketball, right? I don't always mm -hmm. have to rock the mic, right? I can look nice. Or, you know, you see two beautiful women like yourself, like, ladies, look. We can eat healthy. We can eat clean. We can also enjoy something that's pleasurable, right? But this is how we do it. And this is why we should do this. And this is what works for you. But we don't have, as a culture, I think, a healthy relationship with those things because there's not enough of us in that place for people to see it, to relate. Because honestly, for me, I get it on the opposite end where people are afraid to tell me they had a cake or cookie because <laughs> they automatically put me in this health nut space that, oh, you eat healthy. And I'm like, no, I eat cake, I eat, right? Or I get people put, easy for you to say because you work out. I said, yeah, but it, it's work, you know? Yeah. Like, I gotta get up early every day. I have to, like, it's a choice. I'm not saying that you gotta live like me, but it's not as easy as it looks. <laughs> right. I gotta right. keep up every day. But I think right. these conversations, I think, you know, your, your business and your, uh, what you got, what you ladies provide is so vital for not only women, but people of color for sure. Because yeah. not a lot of in, in this space that I know that I'm aware of. And I just think health has been the biggest neglect in the past, what, year and a half since the pandemic. That's what it's all been about, right? It's health. Yeah. yeah. How you eat. Right, how you think, how you feel, what you give your energy to. So, when you guys is like, how do you guys vet your clients? Do you just take anyone, or do you gotta have insurance? <laughs> like, how does someone get into your vortex and your frequency to be able to have, you know, the privilege to sit down and talk with you about food and making a great plan for eating? Yeah, so we actually, um, our biggest goal is to like really match our practitioners with their ideal client um, and vice versa. Like we really want our people to be, to feel like they have an ally in their health. And Vanessa and I talk about this all the time because she and I have like 
polar opposite styles in counseling. I'm very like gentle and warm and I focus a lot on like behavior modification. Um, and she's super like prescriptive and tough love, but we both get really good results, right? Like our patients are all very, very happy and all reach their health goals ultimately, right? And so the goal is for us to really be able to, you know, vet our patients and 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 really ask them, you know, what works for you? What what are the conditions that you're trying to manage? What style of counseling works for you? So we do uh, free discovery calls um, with anyone who's interested. You can book that on our website um, with any of our practitioners, um, including Vanessa and myself. And we really kind of dive into what's going on with you. What are your goals? What style of counseling works for you? So we can really get to know you. You can ask us any questions we have. And then we dive into like the insurance stuff and can work with people um, on checking their benefits and we, we're pretty comprehensive. So we kind of, um, you know, support our clients from the moment that we talk to them to 15 minute discovery call to insurance checks to finding the right schedule. Um, so we really work with you to make it happen. It's, it's pretty easy to access us. We do a lot of the work. <laughs> pretty easy to access them, please. Yeah. It yeah. Yeah, and uh, works exclusively virtual. So you can uh, work with uh, us from anywhere in the country. What about global? Global? Yeah, we're global. We are. We're global. We have a practitioner in Greece. So we got. We, oh, wow. Yeah. She went That's to Greece great. for the pandemic. She's Greek. And then she got stuck there. And then she fell in love with a Greek guy who owns a hotel. And she was like, I'm here. <laughs> you're interested in the mediterranean diet she's a legit expert <laughs> yeah, but we're like we're like girl stay there because we're trying to vacation she's like i got you <laughs> yeah. wow what is so let's let's get into like the veganism and vegetarian because that's another thing i don't know the difference Ooh, but why they've been putting this vegan life on people's oh, soul. Oh my God. Uh, I'm like, I get it, but people, it. stop it. No, do not, I get it. Where did it not, come from? Do not ever let me get to meet Beyonce. I'm gonna be like, Queen B, you know I love you, but you did us dirty with this vegan thing. Like you, <laughs> this is it. Everyone comes in here like, oh, I need to be a vegan. I saw Beyonce was a vegan. I'm like, you know Beyonce has Beyonce money. You don't have, and Jay-Z money. You don't have any money. You cannot, it's, yeah. People want to be vegan and people want ease and they want it. They want to just like grab and go. And I'm like, well, you don't can't really grab and go <laughs> if you are vegan. You got to be thinking about it. So yeah. being a vegan is pretty restrictive. Being a vegetarian is less restrictive, obviously, because there are some vegetarians that eat eggs. Yeah. So some vegetarians will eat eggs. Some vegetarians will also sometimes eat uh, fish. So like those people from here just yeah, more right. plant. Yeah, they're just like more plant-based for me. Whereas a vegan, literally, there is there are no animal products, right? So it's just like beans are their source of protein, perhaps like um, soy or to you know like tofu crumbles and the like. Um, that's so restrictive. You have to re there's like few things that you can eat. You have to really get like super creative. A lot of people just don't have that time. Um, also, yeah. maybe they don't really like to cook that much, and it's hard. Yeah, and they end up eating. That was my main concern. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know where to go. I said, it's not like there's vegan markets. So you can just right. go straight to a vegan market and That's everything right. in there is vegan. That's I gotta right. like, that takes mental energy. Right. It's like when you, if you don't like putting on clothes, you hire a stylist. Please right. help yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't want to have to look, where do I need to go to get vegan food? That's good. Yeah. Like, say I should eat soy. Oh, damn. Yeah. What should I eat? You know? Yeah. Like, no, then there's the whole it's too much to think about. 
Yeah. yeah. I think if we can simplify nutrition, food, eating, and make it simple for all people, like this yeah. is what I th So what is something across the board that people can think about and eat on a weekly basis that they know, like, if you just stick to this, I'm assured you that somewhat you'll be in a healthy space. Now that things have changed the way, but you'll have some type of, you know, you eat your protein, you get your veggies, you get your carbs, you drink your water. I don't know. Something yeah, of that. Eric, Pretty much. Is that simple? Is that simple? <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't even know, Eric. These people that come in, they'll be like, I don't like water. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't like you. water? Yes. Sorry, they I tell you this. You. Yeah, they'll be like, I have had people be like, I just, you know, like, it just doesn't do anything for me. I'm like, oh, it does do a lot for you. Let me go down the list. Like, this is like, and then there are also the people that are like, I can never go to the bathroom. I'm like, because you need to drink water. So, like, my friends, drink water. Yeah. And don't tell me you drink 30 ounces of water. Please get yourselves over 75 ounces of water. Please have a vegetable at lunch and dinner. And please have one piece of fruit every day. You will find, there's one vegetable out there you like, find it. And there's one piece of fruit out there you like, find it. Those three things, probably, you probably be okay. And I think like one of the biggest things that people neglect is talking about meal timing too, right? Like, I think people talk about meal timing in the context of intermittent fasting, which is another like buzzy diet that a lot of people are trying right now. But I think one of the simplest things that you can do for your health is having consistent meals where you're eating every four hours or so. Each of those meals contains some fruit or a vegetable and protein. Um, that is really going to help to stabilize your blood sugar so you can make a healthy choice at the next meal. I mean, I think 90% of the people we talk to are like eating two meals a day, binging at dinner, haven't eaten for six, seven hours, right? Um, and that is like where people I think really get stuck and then they overeat um, and then it affects their sleep at night and then they're full, they have a stomachache in the morning and then the cycle starts again. So, you know, in addition to all of the simple things that you can do that Vanessa mentioned, I think really honing in on the meal timing is important. Like don't skip meals. Um, intermittent fasting may be helpful for some people, but the research doesn't really support it as more effective for weight loss than just like a moderate calorie diet. It may have some benefits for insulin resistance, but from a behavioral perspective, it can really trigger some overeating, um, especially at night. So like really just focusing on consistent meals, I think it's so, so key. And it's interesting you say all of that because I have... <laughs> history with intermittent fasting right like i haven't eaten this today i'm probably going to eat in like a few hours probably have a shake right usually i work out blah, blah, you know i have my shake like later in the day or i'll have a big lunch right mm. big lunch yeah a lot of food at once and then i'll have some snacks and then but it's getting later into the day and then i realize why well, i can't sleep or I didn't even know drinking one hour before bed sometimes can keep you up in the middle of the night because it makes you go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. So like that type of information and understanding like how your body works, your mind also, I believe food depicts your mood, right? Mm -hmm. I know when I'm eating, then I eat, I feel better. Or you feel lethargic or well, what is, <laughs> yeah, what is your guys uh, recommendation for kids? So like I have three nephews and a niece but I also have friends who have boys and some of them don't like eat chicken, you know, but they want to go eat pasta. And, you know, it's just kids, the food is so different now. What is the quickest or the easiest or the simplest way for them to kind of like build into like a diet of, no, it's okay, eat it. Or 
my nephew, he won't eat his veggies, but he'll eat uh, the candy or the sweets or the, you know what I'm saying? But, and he know not to eat vegetables. Like he just, he will intentionally not eat it. <laughs> so your so your nephew is normal. Yeah, he's yeah. totally normal. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of like hybrid. There's this this thought process of like division of responsibility where you provide the kid the safe the safe food. So like maybe sometimes the snacks will be candy, and like your nephew can have candy for snacks. And sometimes you got to be a responsible fam. It's going to be carrots, so that you could do that. You can also just like, you provide the safe food and then you also provide the food that you want the kid to try and eventually the kid will try it. So I will say from my experience, my son, that did not work. And so my other way about it was I buy vegetables at the beginning of the week and I have the kids slice them up and we have carrots and celery and bell peppers. These are all from what they will eat, cucumbers. And then they have to grab fresh cut vegetables and put on their plate. And so then they have to eat these carrots or these cucumbers they pick and they have to do it so that's how i get them to eat the vegetables the thing about the chicken and stuff it's like they will eat it just keep offering it to them also like maybe the kid just wants to be a vegetarian and this is where yeah. we start to ex explain to them right like okay well chicken has protein and mom and dad eat chicken but if you don't want to eat chicken and you want to try beans well beans are a type of protein Protein is what fuels your body and it helps to give you energy along with carbohydrate. If you eat the carbohydrate by itself, it will get digested quickly and you will feel tired. If you pair it with a protein, you will feel full for longer. And then they do it and then they get it. So you're not attaching morality to food. You're, you're yeah. actually educating them early on. To, and so my kids get it now. They'll be like, my son is not really big on meat products. I mean, neither is my daughter, but my son, like only my, if my mom, if Yaya makes it, he'll eat it. So he'll be like, <laughs> Well, yes, I'll have eggs. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he'll be like, yeah, okay, well, I'll eat eggs because that's protein and I don't want to feel hungry later in the middle of the night when I'm going to sleep. So like give him a, that's a choice and that's acceptable. Yeah. And then he has to eat the vegetable and sometimes he'll, he'll have chips with his eggs and he feels like he's in control. That's kind of uh -huh. how you have, they want to be in control. Think about it, you're a kid, your whole life is told to you unless your parents don't care about you. And so, but your parents, <laughs> Your parents aren't going to shovel food down your throat unless they're monsters. So this is where they yield power. Like, what are you, you going to do? Like, I just don't want to eat this. <laughs> You're not going to do anything to me. Yeah. And I think it, it starts young too, right? Like, the research is saying to, the newest research is, that's coming out is saying to avoid picky eating, really just like engage in family meals with your kids as much as possible, possible and really model that behavior, right? Like, Eat, you can't tell your kid to eat the vegetables and not eat it yourself. It's just not going to work, <laughs> right? Like everybody sit down at the dinner table and we're all eating vegetables, right? Um, so I think that's really key too. You know, there's like different ways that we approach feeding young children. There's like, you know, baby led weaning, weaning and purees, whatever your choice is with the little ones, just eat with your kids for as many meals as, as you can um, and model that behavior where you're like, I'm eating my broccoli now and it's really good. And, you know, um, kind of working with your kids on exposing them to different foods and it's okay if they don't want to eat it. It's okay if you don't want this, let's try again next time. Right. So not putting pressure on them, I think is also really important. Like Vanessa was saying. So, you know, it just got an epiphany when you were speaking, does food presentation entice a kid's like taste buds? Cause I feel like all kids love pizza. <laughs> They love pizza. They see pizza. They're gonna eat it. You know, right? it all, 
Also, pizza smells so good, right? It tastes so good. <laughs> so, like the, the first time the, you first eat with your eyes and then your oh, nose. Hey. There you go. Eyes yeah. and nose. Yeah. And so when you start to smell, like right, the olfactory senses start going, you're like, you could you could kind of taste it in your mouth and you're really excited about it. And yeah. then you eat it. Although my son does have a friend that doesn't eat pizza. It's so weird. So you have like you go to the birthday parties and like his mother has to this kid has his mother has to bring him a sandwich because he doesn't <laughs> eat pizza. <laughs> it's like God. But yeah, like so that looks good. It's appealing. That's right. Kids don't like it when you like mix all the food together. It needs to be separate. Like they don't mm -hmm. they, they wanna like trust what they got. And if you mix it all together, like that's not working. But you don't wanna hide the food. You want your kids to trust you and you want them to feel like they have some autonomy. And you also have to think, I don't wanna eat oatmeal every day, so maybe neither does my kid. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like you're the parent trying to do stuff for ease, but like do you operate that way? Probably not. Mm -hmm. So that's big, hey. Yeah. That's like, I tell my clients and people, I can't tell you something I'm not willing to do. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. I'm not exactly. Do burpees if I'm not willing to do it, right? Yeah, exactly. So exactly. it's, and then like, I'm still on this topic of presentation and like, why do kids love sugar so much, right? Like, you give them candy, they just take it. They don't even question it. Like, <laughs> even, even so, money. If I show my nephews money, <laughs> two, three years old, they're trying to grab it out the phone. Yeah. Like, what do they subconsciously know that they yeah. want to have it? Our brain well, is really wired for this, right? So yeah. our primary fuel source is glucose, right? Uh, glucose fuels our brain, and it also fuels our muscles. And the most concentrated form of glucose comes in the form of sugar. It doesn't get more concentrated than that, right? So it really is, like, evolutionary um, that we, we truly are wired to crave these foods because, you know, historically they've kept us alive as a species. Um, however, like as a species, we've evolved in, in many ways, although our genes haven't evolved much at all. And, you know, that's why we have an obesity epidemic, right? That's why we have type 2 diabetes. Um, so it's part of our human brain to want sugar. Um, that's why young children prefer the taste of sweet things over bitter, bitter things, right? Or even um, pets. Dogs want treats. They yeah. hear that T word, they go nuts. Like, well, like, what do they? Well, what are these people that's making this doing to this, these people's brains? It's crazy. I know. It's like well, <laughs> well, in the also in the kids' defense, right? They everything tastes more bitter to them. So uh, oh. So things okay. bother them more, right? Because like their taste buds have to evolve. And then for the dog, do you know that a dog's taste buds are actually in its stomach? So the dog, mm. yeah. I didn't know cousin, that. <laughs> my cousin is a vet. He explained this to me. So the dog, right? The dog like smells something and is like, I got to get that inside my stomach fast so that I can actually taste it. And so after they've already eaten something, that's when they realize like, oh, mm. that probably didn't taste so good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wow, interesting. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> yeah. fun fact, fun fact, yeah. Well, so, you know, what do you guys have out or what do you have you promoting lately? Do you have any books out? I feel like y'all should do it. Do you have a podcast? I should be on a oh, podcast. Oh, like, the podcast. Thank you, Eric. This is you'll a, be our first this guest. project. Yes, you're going to be on first. Yeah, y'all need to have like, That's what I have I, been talking about for so long. People need to see y'all and they need to hear y'all because the more – visible you are, the more we get to see this, the more we start building confidence, right? Like, yeah. oh, I need to, oh, okay. It was somebody on here said, I need to do that with my kids. I need to learn more so I can help them. Yeah. Like it's education. I always say information 
changes situations. So y'all have information that's going to give people access to their body and mind with food in a different way, you know, outside of, you know, the business of the coaching and the personalized plans. So what's the best way to people to reach out and reach out? Because I think we need to have like a wellness event. Like, you need yeah, to have like let's a, do it. Let's do it. a podcast with uh, uh, recipes and uh, uh, booklets. Like, I just Eric, see. Like, I want to do a boot camp and work yes, out. You know, let's do it. We're going to come to LA. We're coming to LA because we're going to host a dinner and you're, you better come. I'm going to slide into your Oh, DM. really? You better email me. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yes. We're just, it's gonna we're be just fine. working out the details, but we wanted to like have this like you know hold space with other wellness people and other like entrepreneurs yeah. to come in and like learn about us but also learn about you eric or you yeah. know somebody over here right like you know it's a thing like you're coming with your network i'm coming with my network and you're gonna like learn about we'll learn about each other and then we can refer each other and and talk about yeah. each other but it would be amazing to hold like an event event where we can yeah. do stuff do a pop-up we're so into that you know, well, I mean, because here's the thing. People, for one, in this pandemic, people want to go out more, right? They want to be out yes. more. I feel like now that we have new information based on what's happening in the world, my intentions with fitness and wellness is totally different. Mm -hmm. I'm actually working on something that I'm going to be building. It's, uh, and it's going to be around being fit, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, financially, because it's not enough to look good and not feel mm -hmm. right. It's not okay. enough to look good, but you don't eat good. It's not enough to eat good, but you don't you don't you don't feel good about yourself, right? You talk about mental health. So how do we bring that together? Like you ladies got the health portion, you can speak on it, you can talk about it. I can come and bring the energy, motivate, work out, however. But I'm just about collabing in these spaces to open up, you know, the, the, the stratosphere for people to kind of think differently about food, right? Yeah, I'm not totally. saying you can't cake and eat it too. I'm just saying you just don't have your cake every day and eat it. Right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, like, exactly. I, want, like, I said, listen, I don't, I don't want you not to do that. I just want you to be aware when you do that, what it does to your body. You're throwing up right now. What did you have right. last night? Right. Okay. So you tell me how you want to feel. I know yeah. how I want to feel. I want to feel good. I, wanna I don't want to throw up. I don't want to throw up. No, I don't. But I, but I want to do that Eric workout. I'm trying to come yeah, I will not be throwing up. Um, no, I won't. I'll be. But it's just real cold. People need the confidence from professionals like you, ladies, and they need to know. Like for me, I was really into like blood type. I'm, I'm, I'm O positive, so I'm like cool. I'm like, eh, so I can't have uh, almond butter or peanut butter or cashew? No, well, that no you can. It. No, you can't. Oh, because they, oh, they were saying you can't. Eric, just right. call up. So we still, you call know, so, yeah. But <laughs> everything exactly. in moderation, right? That's right. You kids okay. can't live life and not have problems, and you're like, clearly, it's like, what? <laughs> no, and I mean, like, who can live without peanut butter? I mean, no one. I mean, that's mm -hmm. like, yeah. you don't avoid jars. unnecessary food, you know? Like, yeah. It, I think and then the I, I try not to eat dairy, but I realize dairy is in a lot of things. You look at the ingredients, I, but you won't know if right if the mind of placebo, because yeah. once it's in your mind, it can affect your body. But if you're not aware of it, it doesn't have that much impact on your life. So, I ladies, think Eric, I feel like you tried the vegan, the intermittent fasting, no dairy, no peanut butter. What is going on here? I haven't done. It. Yeah, I will go a month and won't listen to music. Right? Like, just to, like, I like to challenge myself to see who am I going to be. Like, okay, you don't have no sweets. 
I stopped drinking two years ago, right? Like, not that I would never have a drink again, but let's see how you are when you don't drink for two years or a year. Well rested and glowing. Uh, gl I have not drank either, and it's like yeah, it's, it's just, been I, two years. Sleep at night. I sleep at night. People are like like it was my birthday today. Like you're not having a drink. I'm like no, but I'm gonna sleep tonight. I right. Yeah. <laughs> I drink all in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> You change and things change and it's okay. I'm just a person of, I'm a doer. I'm the, uh, the way shower. Like, I got to do it, then I'll show you. I can't tell you something I haven't done. If I have a book, I'm going to go read it. I need to go for, for myself. They can't tell me, yeah, Kalina Help, I like it, but it's expensive. It's like, well, hold on, let me go see it. I'm not going to take your opinion. You know, I need to see for myself. So I think it's important. I think it's vital. I just want to say thank you, ladies, for showing up the way you do in the health space, health and wellness. Thank you for being bold and uh, dominant and confident and being, you know, courageous to have a brand and to be consistent and to show up for people to help them with the most precious asset in the world is food. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we all need food. And that is what keeps us going, keeps us thriving and also makes us feel good. And honestly, like, you know, for some people in their mind, that might be their only pleasure or joy. I have a cousin, he has, he owns a, uh, a restaurant and he loves food, right? This guy is a phenomenal businessman. He makes a lot of money, but he said his biggest challenge is like, he can't not fool, like, cause he know if he would eat a certain way, his life would be better, Yeah, you know? But it's mm -hmm. hard. It's like, he, Send him he, to us. We'll help yeah, him. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> send us an email send them to us we'll do, we'll do it we'll fix it yeah so i just want to say thank you if there's anything you ladies want to share or to keep us up on or we can find you guys on your social sites or if you got any patients coming up and i feel like you guys have a book you just have that <laughs> it's in the works, works. y'all have that like that, <laughs> that synergy that persona like yo i want to listen to them i want to listen to them like they know what they're talking about so oh. Thank you. You're, you're so nice. You can find us on .com, um and our Instagram handle is at Kalina Health. Uh, Vanessa is Vanessa Rosetto RV. I'm Smart Samuels RV. Um, and we have a lot of fun stuff in the works. We're like I said, if you want to learn more about our services, hop on a free call with us. We're happy to chat with you, talk more about your goals, and you know, really just get to know you and, and see how we can help you. I like it. I like it. I love it. it, it it's just it's amazing. So thank you. I appreciate it. People are totally for this. Yes, we do. Because this health thing that ladies are providing is will save lives mentally, emotionally, physically, and financially. Because what I realized when you find a consistent way to eat food, you save on spending money on the wrong food, right? Because you had a regimen, you have a routine. So community health. Tomorrow. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, guys. You. Have a beautiful week. Be safe. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. We'll Great. see you soon. See you soon. Bye to you and Callie. All right, bye. There we go. There we go. That was awesome. Follow them. They're amazing. Kulina. Kulina Health. Yes, Kulina Health on Instagram. All right, guys. Have a beautiful day. Fun week. Happy Thanksgiving. Be safe. Love your loved ones. Hug your neighbors and just be great and be kind to yourself. Bigger Talks Podcast. We out. Peace and love.